Hi, this is Erica, and welcome to Twice Deleted. I'm just a regular mom sharing my experience as I supported my adult daughter Maggie through two severe psychotic episodes, her healing journey, and the rebuilding of her life, and actually the transformation of my own life. So I've gotten through episode one, which you've listened to, and today episode two is about visiting the shaman. And I've found it to be very difficult to do these episodes because it's bringing up a lot of emotion for me. I'm having to put myself out there. I'm having to sit in a closet and talk to a wall. So I just hope that you bear with me as I forge ahead. I feel really, I feel that it's really important for me to share my story. I'm hoping that maybe somebody gets something out of it. So I want to go ahead and recap episode one, and that was all about Maggie's psychotic episode, her stay in the hospital. So this all occurred over a period of three and a half weeks. And during that time, I felt like I received guidance from the universe or spirit and messages to take her to a shaman because what happened to her didn't make sense to me. And so that's exactly what I did. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in now. Maggie and I had to take a seven-hour drive from Arizona to California where Gogo Akaya is. And I was nervous because my nerves were really raw from having Maggie home for a whole week after she had stopped taking her medication. One of the reasons is because her behavior was very unpredictable and she tended to get aggravated with me a lot. And so I was walking on eggshells constantly, and so was my husband. But at least I had my husband with me. I knew that once I started this drive, it was just going to be me. And so I, honestly, I was I was really, really nervous about doing that. But I had no choice. I needed to get Maggie to go see the shaman. Now, at this point, she had agreed to go, and so that was wonderful. So it was easy to get her in the car and start the journey. Once we were on the road, Maggie actually got frightened if I went over 55 miles an hour. So I had to go 55, drive 55 miles an hour for the whole trip, and it was the longest trip of my life, literally. And we stopped a couple times to use the restroom and get gas and get some snacks. And every time we did, Maggie would start talking to total strangers. She was very difficult to redirect back into the car because she wanted to talk to everybody or obsessively clean the bathroom countertops. And I mean, honestly, I, it was just a miracle that I landed in California finally. Now Maggie and I went ahead and stayed the night with my sister because coincidentally my sister lives about tw a 20-minute drive from Gogo Akaya. So how convenient is that, right? I mean, I, I that was a blessing. So we stayed the night with my sister. We got up the next morning and took the 20-minute drive to where Gogo does her healing. 
And I found it, which was great. It's up in the mountains, so lots of trees out in nature. And it's on a property that has several little cabins on it. And then it has a main house and then a roundhouse, which is where Gogo Akaya does her healing ceremonies. So Maggie and I found our cabin, and we went ahead and started unpacking our snacks and food. We had to take all of the food that we would eat with us. Um, There wasn't any food service up there. And we're settling in, and Gogo comes to the cabin, and she says, Oh, you guys want some extra time to settle in? I know you're probably tired from the journey. And I looked at her and I said, nope, nope, we can get started right away. (laughs) Because I had all of my eggs in this one basket. I didn't know if it was going to work. I didn't know if she was going to be able to help Maggie. But I was really looking forward to whatever was going to happen during this three-day retreat with Gogo Akaya. So Gogo Akaya instructed us to get our white clothing together. She had asked us to bring some supplies. So that was white clothing for both Maggie and myself for three days and some various color candles and also some food and tobacco offerings for the ancestors. So these were things that she was going to be using during the ceremonies. So we got our white clothes together and we met Gogo Akaya over in another area where she did some cleansing. Uh, it was kind of like she had um, a bucket full of water with some herbs and other things. It actually smelled really nice. And she poured this water over us and then we dressed into the white clothing And the water was freezing, I just have to say. (laughs) So this was our first experience with Gogo Akaya. And I thought, oh, my God, what did I get us into? But I had faith because I knew that I was guided to go see Gogo Akaya. And so we went to the roundhouse and I could hear some drumming and singing and other Uh, I don't know, it was just a noise going on in there. And Gogo Akaya had another shaman helping her. Her name was Gogo Thule. And so Maggie and I went into the roundhouse. And as we entered, Gogo Akaya had us stand there while she smudged us. And so what smudging is, if you don't know, is it's the burning of sage. And it's to energetically cleanse a space or an area or, you know, a a person, I guess. So she did that with both of us. And we went in and we gave her the candles and all of the things that we have brought. And then individually, we each had a divination with Gogo Akaya. And a divination is when Gogo Akaya connects with her spirit guides and basically gives us a a diagnosis of what the issue is, what she has to work on healing. 
And I had my divination first, and the first thing that Gogo Akaya says to me is, your guardian angel has led you here. And oh my gosh, I was so relieved that she said that to me, because basically that was confirmation. I mean, I had self-doubt this whole time, but I was just going on pure faith. And then the second thing that she said to me was, this is going to be an opportunity for you to have a transformation in your life. So this is basically a spiritual awakening. And normally people have a couple spiritual awakenings during their lifetime. And I had remembered at that time specifically having a time in my life in the early 2000s when I had awoken to spirit, awoken to the fact that I am a spiritual being. And that was actually when I started understanding that I have my own intuitive sense and that we can see signs in our environment that guide us along the way. So I was really grateful that I had that remembrance because it just supported the whole process too. Now, I left the room, and then Maggie Maggie went in and had her divination, and I didn't know what she had told Maggie at the time, but separately, what she said to me was that Maggie had had an opening in her energetic field, and that when people have openings in their energetic field, it can happen that other energies that don't belong to the person can get in there and affect their behavior. And that so one of the things she was going to be doing was balancing the energies out, making sure that Maggie's energetic field was intact and healed. So I didn't really understand that very well. I had heard that we have an energy body, a magnetic field around us, but I just accepted what she told me and had an open mind about going through these ceremonies with Gogo Akaya. So right then and there, we went ahead and started a ceremony on both ends or on both sides of the roundhouse. Uh, Gogo Akaya had put blankets. So Maggie would go to one side of the room and I would go to the other side. And so Maggie had her candles that were lit and her offerings over on her side, and I had mine on mine. So it was kind of separated like that. Now, to give you an idea about what this roundhouse looked like, it was a really beautiful adobe building. And it had a huge sun painted on the floor. And it was just a really soothing place, very earthy. And I felt really good in there. So Gogo Akaya goes ahead and starts working with Maggie. And so like I mentioned before, a lot of drumming and things that I didn't really understand. So I basically just watched. And then Gogo Akaya did some work with me, and that was basically everything that I understood from that first ceremony. Now, what I want to highlight here is that prior to the ceremony and on the drive and those last few days, Maggie had been very agitated with me, and I had almost become not afraid of her, but it wasn't comfortable for me to be around her because I could feel the hostility. 
And after that first ceremony, that hostility towards me was completely gone. So I'm not exactly sure what that was about, but I was good with it. (laughs) Because I felt much more comfortable around Maggie. She was a little bit more of herself, um, not as escalated, if you will. And I just want to say it's really hard for me to describe Maggie's presentation uh, with that. It, it was just so strange and something I had never experienced before. So I apologize if I'm not doing a very good job at that. Um, so Maggie and I went back to the cabin and, and we went to sleep and it was fine. We had some nice food and and all. I woke up in the morning and I had some swelling under my eyes. And I thought, well, what is this? And I thought of all times to have an allergic reaction to something. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm here for three days. And so I just didn't really pay any attention to it. Now, Gogo Akaya had told us to meet her at the roundhouse at a certain period of time, or I, I can't remember what time it was, but in the morning. And we went in there and she proceeded to tell us that we were going to have to go down to the ocean and do our ceremony down there at the water. Because one of the things that she had learned during the divination was that in Maggie's energy field, there were divine water spirits who had that had come in to her space. And Maggie had had in her ancestry, a lot, a, a very strong connection with water and the ocean. And you know, when I think about it, it's so true. My family has always been all about water sports and swimming and skiing. And for me, when I'm at the water, I feel so calm and peaceful. And so that was that was strange for me to hear that, but I did definitely make the connection. So Maggie and I went, we drove separately from Gogo Akaya and Gogo Tuli, and we got to the a beach Uh, near San Diego. And at this particular beach, we had to walk a distance uh, from the parking lot to the ocean, and we had to walk down some stairs to get to the beach. And it was probably about a quarter of a mile walk. And we got out of the car and were walking down to the beach, and Maggie starts picking up pieces of trash on the ground and holding the trash and hugging the trash and even kissing the trash. And I said, oh, Maggie, put that in the trash. That's that's dirt in the garbage. That's dirty. And she didn't respond to me. And I kept moving her along towards the beach. And she's, as, as I did this, she still wanted to pick up trash. And for some reason, she couldn't throw this trash away. And the energy around her at at that time was very light 
very kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. She just seemed kind of airy fairy, like in a la la land. And the closer I we walked to the beach, the more of that came out in her. And the more difficult it was to get her to even walk, because all she wanted to do was pick up trash. And then she started picking up little rocks, any little thing that she could find on the floor, on the ground. And she was starting to build altars out of these things that she was picking up. So it was very bizarre behavior. It was somewhat I had seen that behavior before she had gone into the hospital on one of the mornings. So anyway, finally, we made it down to the beach and Gogo Akaya sets up the blanket and they had brought the drums and some other tools or things that they used for the ceremonies. So Maggie and I were sitting on the blanket facing the ocean and Gogo Akaya lets Maggie know that it's her turn or that she's going to go first. So they both walk out into the ocean, probably about knee deep. And Maggie's out, she's facing the water, and Gogo Akaya has her back to the water facing the beach. And Gogo Akaya starts doing her ceremony. And so it's a lot of language that I don't understand or didn't understand. And all of a sudden, she takes Maggie's hands and kind of shakes them up and down, kind of like noodles. And she does that three times times and then she dunks Maggie in the water or I can't remember really maybe she poured water over her head but anyway Maggie was totally wet and then so Maggie came back and sat on the on the blanket and then I went in and she did a ceremony she didn't grab my hands and shake them or shake my arms but she did the ceremony and I walked back and sat down on the blanket and then Gogo Akaya and Gogo Tuli sang some songs and beat on the drums and and that. So we were finished with that and we gathered our things and we walked, started walking back towards the car. And Maggie's walking completely normally. And we made it all the way up to the car without her picking up one piece of trash or one rock, or making any altars. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, could could this be real? Because I don't know what just happened, but Maggie changed from one minute to the next, from the ceremony to afterwards. And she never demonstrated that behavior since, since then. And so something that the ceremony that Gogo did with in the water with balancing out the water spirits or having them uh, get out of Maggie's energy field worked because it was my assumption that it was the water spirits that were making or impacting Maggie's behavior to pick up all the trash. So I was just in awe. I mean, I can't even tell you how struck I was with what was happening before my very eyes. So we we go back to 
Gogo Akaya's place, and we turn in for the night. And I remember that that was the first time since Maggie's episode that we were actually able to have a nice connection and a nice conversation. So Maggie was back, and I was so relieved. I mean, I wouldn't say that she was like she was before her episode, but she was definitely more like herself than when we left the house in Tucson. So I was so grateful, and everything was going great. So that was day two. So we still had one more day with Gogo Akaya. And I thought, well, if I've seen this level of transformation before my very eyes in two days, I what was it going to be like after day three? And so it gave me a lot of hope. So Maggie and I went to bed, and we got up the next morning, and when I looked in the mirror to brush my teeth and wash my face, my eyes had gotten even more puffy. And I thought, what is going on? I mean, I I don't have, I didn't have allergies. And I was a little concerned about myself, actually. And it might sound vain, but I mean, I look terrible. But I thought, well, you know, nobody's even here to see me. And I can always put some sunglasses on on the way on the drive home. So anyway, Maggie and I got ready and we got in in our white clothes again and we start heading up to the roundhouse and we could hear Gogo Akaya and Gogo Tuli in there singing and, and beating the drums and things. And when we got about, I would say, 20 feet from the from the door of the roundhouse, Maggie just stops, like stops in her tracks. And I said, what are you doing? And she didn't answer me. And I said, Maggie, come on, let's go. We'll, we'll go wait for Gogo Akaya outside the front door because that's what we had typically done before. She has a little bench there that we sat on. And Maggie didn't really respond. She seemed like she was in some sort of trance. So I went and sat on the bench and waited for Gogo Akaya to come out and get us. So when she did, I said, I can't get Maggie in, and she's acting strange. So she went out, she went over to Maggie and tried to get her to go into the roundhouse, and Maggie didn't respond to her. So she kind of gestured for me to go ahead and go in and sit you know, where I normally sit. So I did. And I could see out the door, I could see them. And so Gogo Akaya very gently starts just kind of walking around Maggie and whistling gently. And long story short, Maggie ended up kind of following her into the roundhouse. It was almost like the Pied Piper. And so it was evident to me that Gogo Akaya, you know, was really impacting Maggie at that time. Maggie still looked like she was in a bit of a different state of consciousness or trance-like state. And Maggie came into the roundhouse and Gogo Akaya did another ceremony. And after the ceremony... 
Maggie sits up and she starts talking to me like she had in the morning when we got up. And so once again, there had been another transformation right before my eyes. Now, like I mentioned, this was the last day. So as part of a closing activity, Gogo Akaya wanted to teach Maggie and I how to make sage sticks. Now, during this whole time, anytime we had entered the roundhouse, we, we had been smudged or the sage was burning to, like I said, cleanse the area. So we went ahead and went out in nature and and picked some natural sage from a bush and brought it back to the roundhouse. And it was really a beautiful time where Gogo Akaya and Maggie and I sat and talked and kind of reflected on the three days and made our sage sticks. So that was all good. And we were wrapping things up and Maggie and I packed our things and headed back to my sister's house. Now, Maggie had this great idea to put the sage sticks on the dash of my car to dry them out because in order to burn the sage, you have to, it has to be dry. So that was all good and everything. So we went to my sister's house and we ended up spending the night there. And when I woke up in the morning, my face was even more swollen. It was starting to get little red dots on it, and my eyes were more swollen, and it just seemed, my face seemed swollen in general. So, I mean, that was just the state of my my face. I mean, what was I going to do about it? I was going to go see a dermatologist when I got home. But... Before we started our journey home, my sister wanted us to go see her friend who happens to be a shaman and who I had met a few times before and who also knew Maggie as well. So we went over there and this person named her name's Terry. She took one look at me and she said, oh, honey. She said, you've taken on energy that doesn't belong to you in an attempt to take Maggie's pain away. And I said, no, I didn't. Because, (laughs) I mean, I didn't intentionally do that. I mean, I think as a mom, we all, when our kids are sick or suffering, would take their pain away. But she said, apparently, I did it on a subconscious level. And I have to tell you, I I didn't really believe her. And I was still just going to go see the dermatologist when I got home because I thought maybe I had an allergy or something. So at this point, Maggie and I were getting ready to start our journey home. And I'm reminding you that we had these sage sticks up on the dash. So we started our drive home. And as the drive continued, I could just feel my skin crawling. I mean, it was as if I was burning. 
And so then I made the connection that I was allergic to the sage. <laughs> and here it was on my dash. So mid-drive home, I put every, all of the sage into a plastic bag and I put it in the trunk. Because I wasn't certain that it was the sage, but I was pretty positive and so we made it home okay. The drive home was so much better than the drive there because Maggie was so much more herself. She was able to have a conversation. Her behavior was very normal when we went into the gas station, you know, to go in and use the restroom and buy snacks. So I was just at that time so relieved to have Maggie back. And I didn't know what the future was going to hold for her or what was going to happen next. But I was just in that space of being really grateful for Gogo Akaya and the work that she does. And what I learned during our time with Gogo Akaya is that there is this aspect of someone, meaning the energy body, that can impact emotional, mental, and physical health. And it's an aspect of a person that is typically left out when it comes to Western medicine. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to get across as I'm sharing my story, because... Maggie's healing just during that three-day period with Gogo Akaya was a miracle to me, an absolute miracle. And if she had a miracle, then how many other people could have miracle healings or energy healings that could help them lead quality lives? And so... I'm going to go ahead and stop here, and the next episode is going to be about my own healing and what I experienced once I got home, and also kind of how things settled in with Maggie. So I just wanted to say I really appreciate you guys listening I felt a lot more comfortable today. I hope it was noticeable for you and enjoyable. And I look forward to recording my next episode. Thank you and be well.